Do you feel like you're the only young person who cares about your Catholic faith? Do you look around at mass and only see silver foxes? We're Jake and Kathy, a young adult married couple, and we're here to tell you, you're not alone. That's why it's time to get Truth Pops. You're going to get a podcast designed specifically for you, a young adult Catholic in a pop culture world. The countdown is on for Truth Pop. We'll connect Christ into culture. Come back, film fans and TV show fans, to a brand new episode of Quality Check Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Daniel Posey, and joining me to the left, Drew Douglas. It is my last podcast as a single man. What does that feel like? Terrifying. You're nervous right now? (laughs) I'm freaking sick to my stomach, yes. You can barely do the show. I get married in three days. You're shaking a little bit? If you look a little closer at the bottom of my pants, you know, where my ankle comes out, you'll see liquid coming out. A little dribble. It's because I keep going (laughs) pee-pee. Well, this is a very exciting moment, though. You have to be flooded with a lot of emotions. A lot of nervous emotions. (laughs) Because... And excitement. I mean, family is in town. They're ready to go. You guys have been planning this for so long, and with COVID just completely derailing it, at least you're having this, which was supposed to be the, the big wedding, but you're having this as a small, intimate setting. Which is, which is good for me, because only 12 people are going to be watching. Yeah. And then if you're, it's at a, a hotel and outdoor, so if you just happen to be staying there, you can watch too. But I, will, I don't have to deal with 200 plus people staring at me. Would you be okay if there were about like, I don't know, 20 people looking in on the wedding using binoculars? Well, the before our wedding planner was furloughed because of COVID, she did warn, you know, people, guests staying there will watch on the balcony. Oh. I mean, it's just because they shut down everything because it's outside and it's by the pool, which sounds trashy, but it's, it's actually <laughs> not because uh, we have the lake view and all that. So you're doing this outside then? Yeah. Like by the pool, like that that view? It's by the pool, but it's its own area where you can go um, get married and stuff. It's a big open area, and it's a nice view. Weather's going to be good for Saturday. So that's one less thing we have to worry about. That is, that's very nice. Actually, it's supposed to be a little cooler because, man, it's been almost 100 degrees with the heat index recently. It's been a heat wave, but it doesn't feel like, it feels more like spring today, and it will the rest of the week. But up until this point, it's, it's felt like summer. Yeah, it's one of those situations that not only have we had to deal with the heat, but we've also had this tropical depression, just nonstop this rain. Actually, we didn't deal with it that that much. It just hit us overnight, and then there's a lot of rain the next morning. I'm feeling a little bit depressed, too, because we're heading into season four of Community. Season four of Community, Ooh. and this is now officially more than halfway over for us on this giant rewatch. So all of you film and TV lovers out there, thanks for joining us on this Quality Check podcast episode in which we are covering Community Season 3. Cool. 
Cool, cool, cool. Thanks for sticking through the community cast with us. We're glad that you're joining us. And for this episode, we will be discussing everything season three. And we're going to start off with the season stats. We'll get into some questions and we'll round it out by talking about our top three favorite episodes of the season and a few firsts that happen in season three. And also kind of a big thing that we missed from season two. We just want to bring that up and talk about that later on in this episode. But let's go ahead and jump into it with the stats of the season. NBC officially renewed community for season three on march 17th 2011 that seems like so long ago but dan Harmon, the com- the creator for community teased a few changes for season three including fewer themed episodes and personal struggles for characters saying and quote season three is about the price that you pay when you figure out that you love a group of people and it premiered on september 22nd 2011, and it's made up of 22 episodes. It was a very stressful season because two months into this season, NBC announced that the series would not immediately return for the mid-season. The TV landscape was changing drastically. Did you do anything to try to get the attention of NBC and say, you guys should keep this? I didn't. I just prayed every single night. (laughs) I guess people actually staged... um... I don't know if it was in front of NBC headquarters, but they would go and protest in a way of bring the show back. I hope they ended up wearing the little evil Abed and evil Troy mustaches and goatees uh, just to help bring that home a little bit more with it being the darkest timeline. Because that's exactly what the fans referred to the hiatus of this show. And Six Seasons and a Movie campaign also started to start more or less petitioning for NBC to bring back Community and not give up on it. After airing its Christmas episode in early December, the show eventually returned in mid-March. So around 4 million people, according to the always trustworthy Wikipedia, were watching Community at this time. Not bad. It's not bad at all, actually. I I looked it up. The first half um, basically hovers around 3.5 to 4 million viewers when it comes back in march nearly five million people watched it live and then it kind of nosedived after that three million mark final two episodes two and two and a half air two and a half million mm-hmm. not good well let me ask you do you think that this show today with those ratings if it were out on nbc and they canceled it do you think that the cw or fox would save it similar to how Fox saved Last Man Standing from whenever ABC canceled it. I bet something like this would go to Hulu, maybe. Mm. Or, or Netflix. Netflix, something like that. Um, the season finale aired on May 17th. And if you watch it, you can tell that they had no idea if they were coming back because it kind of acts as its own series finale. Because they didn't know if they were uh, being renewed at the time they were making it. The series is eventually renewed in May of 2012, and it's revealed that Dan Harmon is not returning. His contract was not picked up, and he was basically fired. It's a huge thing we will get into when we talk about season four, because there's so much to that. And then when he is eventually brought back in season five, there's a pretty good interview that he did where he just opened up about the whole experience, how he was brought back, and kind of who 
was behind the push to get him to come back. Season three is wild. Yeah. Things start to get really wacky. And I'm curious to hear if you like some of that wackiness, because I will say that I'm mixed overall. Some of it, I think, lands and makes the show better. And some of it is just like, okay. As a, a season as a whole? Yeah. I think I like season three a lot because it is a, I feel like a good mixture of season one, which is pretty grounded. And then season two, which really has a lot of those themed episodes and gets super wacky. I would say season three is better than season two. Really? Interesting. And along with another season, I think season three is probably my favorite. Oh. And I'll say season three also has some of the worst episodes of the entire series. Oh. Not counting season four. Because I think when they really swing for the fences, it really fails. As in the season four swings or the season three? Season three. I like the last two episodes, I think, are really bad. I mean, the the goal is for every show to improve with each season. And that's interesting that you say that season three is better. But then again, season four, the follow-up, is without Dan Harmon, the creator. So It's hard to kind of count that among the seasons, even though it (laughs) is part of this show, because it feels so different and is different. I think there's a good stretch in season three, which is like maybe the best the show's ever been. Mm, Yeah, I would agree because going back and creating the top three list, it was tough. We're rewatching season four now, and I'm sure one of those will be at the very bottom of my list. But I think that Dreamatorium episode with with Abed and Annie is awful. It's weird. I hate it so much. I I don't dislike it, but it's, it's... I think they're worst episodes, but I can't. There's nothing that comes to mind that I can pin and be like, oh, that was the worst episode. I've got one more episode left in the season four rewatch. There is one episode my girlfriend and I had to rewatch three times because we started it different days. And we're like, what happened? And then we started it and we're like, oh, yeah, that's right. And we kept forgetting various things. And we would, it was almost like we got men in blacked, and which we just <laughs> forgot. Our memories were erased and we forgot what parts of that episode we would end up remembering each time. So kept changing. We'll get into that in the yeah, next podcast. We, and when we did season two, we would get zapped every time we mentioned yeah. a season other than that. Uh, I guess we're doing that again. Yes. So you just got zapped like six times. Yeah. I'm, I did too. Don't get me wrong. I'm, I'm basically almost fried to the point of Christmas vacation whenever oh. the cat gets in the tree. But overall, though, season three, I think it improves in some areas. But with the themed episodes, I love those so much that I'm going to have to say I like and I'm going to have to redact my season one rating, I think. And I'm going to because I gave that four and a half chicken fingers. That was too high. Yeah. I'm going to say four. And then season two stays the same. I'm going to say four and a half. And then... uh, Which I don't think we said on the last episode. We didn't. So four and a half, you think, for season two? For season two. And then you think um, four and a half what? Four and a half, probably Troy and Abed heads. Okay. Season three is right along with season two, but it's almost a parallel. And especially with them bringing up the darkest timeline in this season, that in my opinion, is some of the best stuff that we get to come out of season three. And it just, there's a lot of really cool things that they start experimenting with. And I think that's what freaked out NBC. If I had to guess, NBC's like, wow, they're, for a comedy, for a sitcom, they're starting to do certain things. It's like, okay, what are you doing here, Dan Harmon? I, going back to season two, because we didn't do ratings, I, I would give that three and a half. 
Whoa. Because when it's not good, I think it's not good. And then when it's great, it's really great. Now, your season one was four, right? Four I think that's a solid four. Okay. So three and a half. I think it's a little dip, even though I like season two a lot. And then I think it's a, a bump back up with season four. Just because I think I, the episodes that I like, I like better than the other seasons. So, even though maybe there's not as many of them. What, what, what's the score that you would end up giving season three out of evil Troy and Abed heads? I would say a solid. Out of five. Man, I would give it four. Um, I would say four. So pretty much right in line with season one. Yeah. Is it better than season one, almost? Gosh, it's hard. Because season one feels so different because of um, just what they don't go as crazy in season one. But I just like season one kind of because it's so scaled back. Yeah. And we get, I feel like we get a lot of that in season three. I don't know if I necessarily believe what Harmon says that it's, Mm. I think his description is maybe not as accurate as what it's like what they had set out to do maybe is not what it ends up being yeah i feel like he was approaching it in terms of wanting to be less ambitious less ambitious but i think they ended up being more ambitious and that's a good thing for us fans but it also like you were saying they ended up swinging for the fences in a couple of these and when it works it's like really good now the show expands on characters and unexpected ways, Shirley plays a huge role in Jeff becoming the Jeff that we know and love. What do you think about that? Were you okay with that? <laughs> Does it make sense? Eh, I don't know. But I love it. Really? I think it's cool. It's like they're doing their own Lost where uh, people are interacting with each other decades before and they, they just had no idea. And she just happened to be a huge figure in who he becomes by her behavior. I will say, I, going off of what you said about Lost, I was really hoping that they would intertwine all of the characters and how they got to, more or less, whether it's direct or indirectly, affect each other's lives. If all of them had an impact to some degree, that would have been cool. I like the idea of like someone affecting them and then years down the road, you're like, you're that person? That's cool. That plays into it. And especially... We start to see more of that with Jeff in this season, including the whole father figure essence of like Pierce's dad being introduced and then Jeff confronting his feelings with his father and diving into that. So we we are kind of going into the minds of the characters a little bit more. I like it. And the whole Jeff Shirley thing's like, eh, I'm kind of so-so. It would be cool if everybody interacted and had an effect on everybody else. But I like that it's only two characters because it makes it mean something. Sure. And it's not completely random. It just happened to be that they two, those two, eventually came back full circle, baby. Basically. I also like, I like when Jeff and Shirley are together. Because they do it in each season, them coming together at some point. And I, I like that duo. I agree. It's almost like this yin and yang where personalities are so different, yet whenever they are together, it makes sense. It looks good, and the chemistry between both of the actors are solid. I will say, even though that the whole Jeff Shirley backstory is like so-so for me, I do love whenever they are together, especially whenever they're animated. Ooh, yeah, that was a cool moment. Did you like that anime style of them attacking each other during the foosball? Yeah, I I thought that was really that was a fun uh, community gag where it just 
blows up into something you, you don't expect. Now, I don't mean to put you on the spot with this, but there are moments of animation. Is that one of your favorites for like animation, that anime style? Um, I think it's cool, but no, not one of my favorites. But better than the claymation. <sighs> I hate being hard on the claymation because I <laughs> like that they went for it. That was cool. But that's about it. We kind of mentioned this, but... The season finale doubles as a series finale. Had the show been canceled, would you have been okay if that was literally the final episode? No, that would have been awful. <laughs> the last two episodes of this season are awful. With Chang, we get the, the whole Chang, Chang storyline is just so stupid. <laughs> it just goes off the rails. That's where I think that. They swing for it, and it's like, wait, what? And that's what I'm talking about when Har the way Harmon describes what season three is or their plans for it. That's not what the last couple episodes of the show represents. It just gets so off the rails, mm -hmm. and it just becomes unreal in a in a way that's actually unreal compared to some of the uh, of the other unreal scenarios that these characters have. The Chang Dynasty don't know what to do with Chang. We want to keep Canon on the show. Let's have him become a security guard and overtake the school. And then that's fine, I guess, on its own. But then we have a fake dean. Yeah. It's just like one stupid thing on top of another. Speaking about other threads that this season handles, season-long story threads, what's the best of those? I mean, I kind of like the hmm, – I, I just keep coming up with threads that I did not like, like Troy and Britta. Yeah. Or the Chang story. Or I I guess maybe my favorite would be the Shirley Subway shop thing. Mm. But even then, the, it just, I, I would say that one. I, I think that's probably the best. Or, or maybe it's not a huge thing, but Jeff and his father. Yeah. And he's finally having to realize that he needs to address that in his life. And Cornelius Hawthorne, his interactions with Pierce's dad. He's so sad. <laughs> You know, that's the one reason what you just hit on. The reason why I think that season three isn't quite as good as season two. It's different and I like it, but it's like I, I can't quite say that it's as good as season two. Like I, I say that it's like parallel to it because even though some of these major through lines stories that we get are okay, I can't really say that I love them that much. But my favorite through line may end up being this dreamatorium and what it means to Abed. And do you factor in the whole Annie's move thing too? Because I like her introduction or her um, kind of joining that group in a way. Yeah, because it adds to the dynamic and it helps. It it seems like a natural evolution of the characters, and it's something that once you also have this character who isn't on the same page as Troy and Abed or is close, I find that story to be really interesting because I can also relate to Annie in that case where in the past, when I have moved in with other roommates who knew each other longer and I'm kind of that Annie in the situation, there's a lot in which I'm like, uh, you know, am I like intruding on this or what's going on here? Although there is no dreamatorium, that would be really cool. But would you have participated in a dreamatorium? Like, say, say you're in college and you're Annie. Yes. And you're you don't even have to explain it. <laughs> yeah, I would. 
So in addition to the season-long story threads, we also have a lot of guest stars here. Uh, and this is a pretty huge list. We've got Michael K. Williams, Mel Rodriguez, Martin Starr, John Goodman, Larry Cedar, Nick Kroll, Taryn Killam, French Stewart, Travis Schultz, Michael Ironside, David Neer, John Hodgman, Giancarlo Esposito, and Rob Cordery is back for round two. Who's your favorite of those? Uh, he's in a, a handful of episodes at the beginning, but Mel Rodriguez as Sergeant Nunez is the best. Yeah, anything he's in, he's, he's absolutely hilarious. Uh, I like him, but I'm going to have to say John Goodman. Johnny G, do you like when he has like the ponytail? Oh. And he's just like, I'm going through things. Who are these guys? This is my legal team, because I think it's time we worked out a new agreement. He doesn't look like a lawyer. That's a barber, because I'm also sick of that ridiculous goatee. You look like a white Lou Gossett Jr. That oh. might be my least favorite storyline is the Troy thing. It's stupid. Yeah, that's it, it's okay. I'm starting to talk myself out of season three with... Ooh. Yeah, I never liked the uh, the AC thing. Now, whenever John Goodman's introduced, I like this idea of his character and what he represented because it was fun. And John Goodman makes it even better, but whenever it gets into the whole AC and age fashion, eh. It's... There is a moment, though, when... If you become part of this program, you're not allowed to see your friends anymore. And you're basically joining like this cult. And uh, after John Goodman passes away, Troy takes over. And he's like, I changed all that because they they think I'm their messiah. And <laughs> I laughed so hard with that bit. That was honestly a really good way to like bring Troy back into the fold. Because I kept telling my girlfriend, I'm like, watch, this is Troy's last. And she's like, what? This sucks. <laughs> Does she know that he's in the future? No. No. Been able to keep that. I am not, I'm not spoiled that yet for her. Speaking of Troy, let's get into the season MVPs of the main cast. Who do you have for season one and two? Abed Abed? Uh, yeah. Because I had Jeff and I had Britta. And I can tell you, I have someone new. Britta. Who, who's yours? Uh, somebody who, up until this point, I've liked, but have been probably among my least favorite characters. I think Annie is freaking awesome in this season. Really? She cracks me up. And I think her um, bouncing off of Troy and Abed really helps that character. Oh, look! Fun! I think season three, one thing that works really well is the main cast. And Don't I know. Say, no, no, no. You've got to pick somebody. I, I was going to say season for season two, it felt more of an ensemble to me. But season three is whenever they start breaking it up and having the characters interact like what you said, Jeff and Shirley and Troy and Abed. But then you get Annie in the mix. And there are certain dynamics that I feel like we never got with the these main characters before. But my favorite has to be Troy. Troy Barnes rules in season three. Eh, it was early on in season two, but season two, he really starts to step it up. And then season three belongs to Donald Glover. 
He's good. You mean like a spy investigating? Making it seem like I'm celebrating when actually I'm infiltrating Santa's operation? Yoip, going deep cover past enemy lines, making everybody think I'm on the Christmas side. Rocking warm sweaters, hanging big ass lights. If the fat man can see me, yo, it's gotta look right. I watch all the TV specials that I never could. I'll even cry during the sad ones like James Bond would. And when the big night comes, it's time to set the bait. Cold milk, hot cookies, jacker and plates. And he'll come down the chimney and they will be just him and me. But he won't know we're enemies, cause I'll play sincere. Bring a trap like that. Hug him tight, get on his lap and tell him he can come back every year. Cause I am Jehovah's most secret witness So I might have to dedicate my life to Christmas And act just like I love it till the day I die Hands down, I just feel like he just can't be beaten Him and, God, yeah, all of the stuff with him, Annie, and uh, Abed is just really good Now let's move on to our favorite tag The end credits scene What is a lot of really good ones Oh, this, honestly, season three might have been the best I think, I think it's the best of all the t- I, I have three that I made notes on. The Abed stand-up, mm-hmm. uh, the Greendale hotline with Troy and Abed, and then the bunk beds in the study room and, and the <laughs> dean sings the song. <laughs> I think my favorite would be the stand-up routine. Mm-hmm. It just It's something that I've watched a dozen times, and I love Troy's reaction and nobody else understands it. <laughs> yeah. My favorite has to be the darkest timeline. I mean, enough said with that. It's just, it's solid. Am I the only one that doesn't necessarily love that? Really? Is there a reason why? I don't know. Evil Abed, I don't care. That's part of the reason why I think the last couple episodes are awful. Because Abed oh. loses his mind. I just don't care about that. I I don't necessarily like Abed losing his mind, but I do love the whole idea of, like, what is this other theory that we're able to play with, this other dimension. To me, that's really cool. And I think the show excels whenever it touches on that. And that definitely works into my part of my top three episodes. Speaking of, let's get into that. What ranks number three on your top three favorite episodes from season three? It's an episode that does something similar in season two, but I think this is better. Curriculum Unavailable. It is basically the flashback episode of Abed at the uh, psychologist trying to diagnose that he's crazy. Oh. And we get all sorts of great flashbacks that we never really got to see. It is an improvement on the season two episode, which rewatching I didn't like nearly as much. I love it. I love this episode. Two episodes could end up working into my top three of all community episodes. We'll have to see. But my number three is the basic loop in urology. It's a, it's a, <laughs> it's a play on words of Dick Wolf. Oh, okay. It's the Law and Order episode. It's a good one. Yeah, it's a theme. It's a classic one. It's this whole kind of like playing off of what it looks like for these characters to uh, be Law and Order characters and and an episode uh, not only with the music and the style, the way that's shot and the dialogue, all of it is just, you know, I'm not a huge Law and Order fan, but this makes me want to watch Law and Order. And it's just a lot of fun. I just like going from scene to scene. And then like we go to Fat Neil and he's just constantly moving around stacks of paper. Oh. And st- it's just, just like what you would watch in a show like that where they're just doing their job and yeah. you have to go speak with them. That's my number two episode. I think that is um, that is an all-timer. Honestly, the top three of season three could end up making its way into the top five total of all community episodes. My number two is digital estate planning. Isn't this where Ovid's village was? Hello, old friends. Ovid! You remember Hilda. 
I live in the village. I love our bed. Did she just say your name? Yeah. If you max out a character's trust and affection levels, you can gain access to a front-end scripting language. Watch. She can make babies for me. Oh, and I can't. I can't. Episode 20. You told me about this after you watched it, that it could be in your entire series. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I re I was hyped up to watch it, and I rewatched it, and I said, I don't know what you're talking about. Oh, you're just not a fan of the video game, the 8-bit? I like stuff. it. It just doesn't uh, make me feel anything other than, oh, that was fun. I looking back on it there were a lot of laughs that this got for me especially when they all like jeff gives his ama amazing speech and they all leave and they all get uh killed by the monsters outside the doors that was hilarious that was good do you like the abed falling in love thing yeah That's and then funny. he ended up getting basically the cheat codes to win it was and it also is this storyline that i kind of liked a lot with Pierce getting a half-brother and how they both felt exiled in their own ways. And it was cool. I I, I thought that it would have worked better if we got more of that, but we didn't. Just the style of this, the voice acting, the overall storyline, it's just a lot of fun. I, I can definitely see this making its way into the top three of my all-time community apps. I don't think it would make it in my top 75. Ooh, for real? <laughs> Probably not. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> wow. <laughs> but you know what would make my top 75? Curriculum Unavailable, that episode that you hated. Oh, I didn't hate it. So am I going number one now? Mm -hmm. Numero, numero one. It's called Pillows and Blankets. Oh. All timer. Oh my god! It's so good. So why? I just like the style that it is, and just the absurdity of it all, and it just makes me laugh. Well, that's it. I just heard from the Guinness rep. He's not coming. He's been fired in what he described as the world's biggest mistake. I doubt that will make the next edition. Anyway, it's over. What a colossal waste of two and a half days. Now, granted, it's like the Ken Burns, like over the top for for that style, this documentary. God, there's so many just like funny visual gags. I love the stuff with Britto that she cannot take a photograph. Yeah. And the one great picture she took was by accident because she was trying to film or shoot something else. Yeah, I, there are a lot of great bits from this. And I enjoyed it, but it's one of those that whenever it started, I'm like, oh, this is going to be great. And then like, as it went on, um, I just started losing interest. Man. And it's narrated by Keith David, who becomes mm. a main character in season six. The one and only. He's a good man. I wish I had his voice. I'm worried about not doing so great after I tell you what makes my number one, because I have a feeling this could end up being like at the bottom of your list. It's remedial chaos Oh, theory. no, I like that one a lot. It's episode four early on. Yeah. It's the darkest time. That's a great episode. I love, I just love this idea of seeing what different paths it could take. And it all boils down to the simple question of what if you roll a different number on the dice for someone to go get the door for the pizza guy? And the responses are all so unique and fitting for these characters. And I just love that Pierce just keeps bringing up Eartha Kitt. What does a pregnancy test look like? No, it's like a thin piece of plastic with a thing on the end of it. Okay, so this is definitely a gun. Whoa! Oh ah. my god, are you okay? I barely felt it. Well, let me look at it in the bathroom. 
I mean, the Pierce thing is whatever, but everything else is really good. <laughs> yeah, I really want to get that troll that Pierce gave Troy. I just want to buy that troll. And it's just everything about this episode, I feel like, to me, as like loving Back to the Future, I feel like this is Harmon relating to all of those fans or saying, like, here's something to provide to those fans who, who love that kind of comedy or that sci-fi comedy. I loved it. I can go on and on about this, and uh, all of the characters kill it. Are there any close calls that didn't make your list, but were extremely close? I like the Glee episode a lot. Okay. I think Remedial is really good. The Glee episode... Because of Taryn? Um, yeah, he's really funny, and some of the music is really good, and some of it's really cringy, which maybe <laughs> is intentional. But I like kind of the uh, pot person Christmas episode. Yeah. It's basically just like pot people. That's good. Um, those two come to mind. Uh, I actually had a lot in season three that I wrote down. I like the foosball one that we mentioned. I think mm-hmm. that's one of the better early episodes. I, ha- I did have Remedial on there. Um, Urban Matrimony and, and the Sandwich Arts, that's when mm. uh, Andre and Shirley are getting married. I like the stuff with Britta, how she just keeps just really harping on how bad marriage is and then it turns Ooh. out she's perfect. <laughs> she has a good line that she's, she will make somebody very happy one day that I love. Britta rules. You Have know, I said that yet? I feel like in season three, Britta kind of goes down a little bit in quality. I think overall. she's really funny. I just don't think um, it's she's, like, for, for whatever reason, not as memorable as yeah. some of the other characters. Yeah, that, honestly, and that, that's the best way to put it because it's like what she's given, her dialogue and her character and the, the art overall, which is like, okay. Gosh, she's funny though. Did you have documentary filmmaking on there? See, that's one that I like, but it's not a favorite. Do you like the Annie's Move episode? That's good. I honestly also like how Pierce is incorporated in season three with a lot of these different things. He also has like this redeeming arc where in the beginning he's like sets this new path and he's trying to become a better person. He really seems like he has his own stories like away from everybody else. I don't know if that was intentional or not, but thinking about him interacting with the group, it's it I can't really think of a lot of things. Except for an horror fiction and seven spooky steps. Ooh, you like that one? It was okay. It's, it's at the it's at the bottom of the close calls. But I oh, feel like really I it's not even a close call. It, it's one of those that it's It's uh, the worst Halloween episode for Yes, sure. I would agree. There are a few good bits in there, but it's not most of it doesn't really stick. Especially that end tag the end credit scene not very good let's go ahead and get into what season three introduces so obviously it's Troy and Abed and the morning nights we also get and this is a biggie Jim Rash he's bumped up to a series regular and added to the main credits we get a lot more Dean we get a lot more Dean dressing up and I know you're a huge fan of the Dean do you think this is the peak Dean hmm you know, what's funny is I kind of like Dean um, better in the earlier season, maybe in season oh. two, because we get a little less Dean. Yeah. 
So just enough. I just always go back to the, the the kidnapping of the Dean thing, and I hate that. I just hate that <laughs> whole thing. But yeah, Dean's great in this. I'm glad he's the series regular. Jim Rash, Oscar winner. <laughs> yes. <laughs> not, not for community. Inspector Space Time is another thing that we get. And what do you think about Inspector Space Time? If that were on TV, would you watch it? No, because I don't watch Doctor Who. Yeah. I don't have any interest in that. I haven't either. Now, we also have Pocket Full of Hawthorns, Annie's Move, The Dreamatorium. We meet Todd. Love Todd. You're Okay, I was going to ask. We have Todd and then uh, Neil, Fat Neil. Who do you like? Just in, for entertainment? Rest? Yeah. Um, Todd. Because Neil's just like a normal guy. Oh, the turtle is in there! Oh, my God, I'm so sorry! What is wrong? with you people huh I thought you were supposed to be friends I thought you were supposed to love each other your love is weird and Todd you kind of feel sorry for because they just rip him and he's such a nice guy he's so nice and he's always trying his best especially with the yams this yam isn't boiled Vicky I don't I, I didn't do it I swear I boiled the yams <gasps> Vicky's yam never sprouted, and I didn't want her to fail, so I threw off the grading curve so she wouldn't have to go to summer school and we can finally have sex in my parents' cabin. God forgive me, I did it for love. <laughs> we also were introduced to Pierce's dad, Cornelius. Did you like Cornelius? KFC? No. Mr. KFC? Do I? I mean, it's good for the story, but no, that guy's awful. He's terrible. We did miss a big thing in season two. Um, it's a big one. Something that we missed that's introduced, and it's Greendale School logo, which is a butthole. Oh, yeah, episode two. That's whenever they're playing out the right stuff and they're How walking. How in the world did I forget that? It's good. One thing that I want to bring up, and it's a quote, and I loved it. Pierce yells out, three hours? I can watch three, <laughs> first half of three movies. <laughs> and he runs out of the the library. And they're talking about how they can end up spacing out the time to f- basically fill three hours of just empty time. And I love that. That's a good line. That made me laugh. With Pierce, this is where we really start to see a huge change. And season four, we've got a lot of those changes because of, as we mentioned, Dan Harmon. We've got Pierce. Uh, There's a setup with a few other minor characters where they become more prominent, less prominent. There's a lot, and all I can say is season four is going to get bumpy. Any, yeah, any final thoughts on season three? It's a good season. It's a good man. It's good individually. I think story wise, it's kind of up and down. Yeah, that's how I would describe it. I just think those individual episodes that I really love are like all timers for me, including curriculum unavailable. <sighs> Which is going to probably make my top 10. Probably your number one. There's no chance it would probably make my top 15. But I do like that episode a lot. I just think it's funny. And I think John Hodgman, who is in it as the psychologist, is really funny. (laughs) And I like his interaction with uh, Britta. Yeah. All all her stuff about wanting to do that is funny to me. Well, community fans, that's going to do it this time. Until next time, may your dreams be sweet and may your nightmares be spooky monster scary and not grandma died scary. Troy and I in the morning nights. We're gonna fly to school each morning. We're gonna smile the entire time. 